So now we come up to uh, 2 Timothy, Paul's second letter to young Timothy in the ministry. Chapter 4, we would look at verses 1 through 5 this morning. Those of you that have your Bible, 2 Timothy, I give you a chance to find it. Yes, it is in your Bible. And it's after 1 Timothy, if that'll help you. <laughs> And if you've gone to Titus, you've gone too far. You find these words. I charge ye therefore before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall judge the quick and the dead at his appearance in his kingdom. Preach the word, be instant, in season, out of season. Reprove, rebuke, exhort, and in all long suffering and doctrine. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but after their own lusts shall they heap to themselves teachers having itching ears, and they shall turn away their own from the truth, and shall be turned unto fables. But watch thou in all things endure afflictions. Do the work of an evangelist. Make full proof of thy ministry. We want to use for a theme this morning, bitter or better. Better or better. Uh, God has never promised us that following him would be a bowl of roses or easy street. Jesus' life is a model for all of us who are Christian. Jesus was questioned. Jesus was belittled. He was ridiculed. He was contradicted. He was ignored. He was slandered. They worked schemes against him. He was deserted, and yes, they hung him on a cross. They murdered him as a criminal. And some of us get upset when somebody step on our feet. But when you look at what Jesus came, that's the Christian life. You say you want to follow Jesus. Yes, difficulties in life either make us bitter or they make us better. Am I right about it? Difficulties in life make us bitter, or they make us better. And when my children call me with problems, I just have a good time in talking with them to help them to understand that life is not going to always be fair. And everybody is not going to like you. They don't like you because what? They just don't like you. They're just going to look at you and not like you. You know, let me give you all my 25% of the people that you meet going to like you, and they're going to always like you. The other 25 are going to like you and grow to unlike you. The other 25 are not going to like you at all, but they're going to grow to like you. But the last 25, when they see you, they're not going to like you, and they're not going to never like you. I think that's a hundred. <laughs> I don't think I missed anyone. So stop getting angry when folk don't like you because they ain't never going to like you. Uh, we were, today I will teach that we must be faithful through every difficulty. Our outline this morning, uh, our first point will be his task. And that's coming from verse 1 and 2. My next point will be the need, coming from verse 3 and 4. And my last point will be persistence, 
coming from verse 5. We were at the Illinois Baptist State Convention uh, this past week. My wife and Brother Jones and myself, and uh, we really enjoyed ourselves there, and we just want to thank the church for allowing us to go there uh, and to just be so lifted up. But the core of the convention was centered around the church in Sutherland, Texas, uh, where last Sunday morning, a blind man walked in, I'm talking about blind in his soul, and shot up 26 people, including killing the pastor's daughter. Uh, that church was a Southern Baptist church. That church is part of our denomination. That is a brother church. And the North American Mission Board is going to pay for all 26 funerals of those families that were killed. Uh, so, so we just want to lift that church up this morning. Uh, the pastor last week was out of town and he had a guest minister to come. The guest minister was killed. So, but I was lifted because they had a pastor by the name of Tom Husty. Tom Husty came there uh, and preached and I was lifted because some eight years ago at First Baptist Church in Maryville, Another blind man walked in the church and stood in the middle of the aisle and shot and killed the pastor while he was preaching. And the pastor held up his Bible to block off the bullets, but he was still shot and killed. And also two other members in the congregation uh, was also injured. But before he could shoot anyone else, his gun, I think it was a 45 caliber automatic, Lee. Lee is my gun buddy, so. Yeah, but, it, but the gun jammed before he could shoot anybody else. Uh, but Tom Husky was the guy that they called to become the interim pastor. After the pastor had been killed, they called Tom and asked him to come there and be the interim pastor. And Tom went there and he said the biggest thing that he had to do because the people were scattered. Some people say they would never come back to the church. Some people say that the church just had so many bad memories for them. But, but the thing that, that, that Tom had to do, he said he went there and he just had to, to love those people. And, and also he did such a great job there until they moved him. Usually when you're the interim, you don't become the pastor. But, but I guess they broke the rules. And, and he did such a good job there loving and the hurting people that were sitting in those pews and saw someone walk in and shoot their pastor that they all loved. I don't know if they all loved him, but, but, but uh, they shot their pastor. And he's been there for seven years. And I'm going to tell you that church is not the same. He even say he still get notices of people that still won't come to the church. But as I was sitting there and as I talked with him afterwards, I say, well, 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 well what did you do? What, 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 what was your role when you went to a church to replace the pastor that had been shot down? Me and him talked and as I walked away, it came onto my mind, this scripture that I read to you just a few minutes ago. So after Tom has been there and done so well with the church, the things that dawned on me that he needed to say, and I'm glad you asked that question, is the scripture that we look at today. Because when you love God and when you serve God, we're gonna suffer persecution. 
But the thing that came to my mind is if I was going to stand up in a pulpit the Sunday after somebody had been killed and a horrific thing like that, Paul had given the information to Timothy in this letter to Timothy. Paul is getting old now. Paul is getting ready to die. Paul is letting Timothy and John Mark know that I'm writing this letter and I want you to come. And you can look down in that ninth verse in the same chapter, but Paul is letting them know, I may not even be alive when you come, but I'm getting ready to go off the scene, Timothy. He said, this is the last letter that I'm going to write to you, but, but I want you and John Mark to come visit me. But I want to tell you what I want you to do in the name of the church. I want to tell you what you need to do because there are going to come some, some evil people. There's going to come some evil things upon the church. But I tell you what the church needs to do today in spite of all of the stuff that went on in Sutherland, Texas, in spite of all of the stuff that eight years went on in Maryville, in spite of all them people out there, he say, Timothy, I want you to know what to do. He say, I charge you therefore. Before God, he say, I need want God to be my witness. And I want Jesus Christ to be my witness. He say, I charge you therefore before God and the Lord Jesus Christ who will judge the quick and the dead. He say, God gonna judge this world. All you got to do, Timothy, is just follow the dictates that I'm going to give to you. He said, Timothy, I'm not giving you a choice today. I'm giving you a charge. I'm giving you a charge today, Timothy. He said, preach the word. He said, I want you to preach it, Timothy. When you stand up in that pulpit, don't play no games. I want you to stand there and I want you to preach the word. I want you to let people know the good news of Jesus Christ. I said, that's the only thing that's going to save this world. I want you to preach it. Too many of us now turn Sunday morning into some drama scene in the pulpit. Too many folks getting up talking about politics. Too many people, he said, Timothy, I charge you. The only thing that's going to save this world is to preach his word. Take the word of God off the pages of this Bible and make it live. And I hope that pastor that's standing down there in Sutherland, Texas this morning, I hope he will stand before his congregation in the church that they're going to worship in down the street and preach the word. He say, be instant. He say, be quick. He say, be ready. Be alert. That's what he means, be alert. He say, be quick when you preach it. He say, I want you to preach it. In season. I want you to preach it all the time. I want you to preach it in season. And I want you to preach it out of season. He said, because when you preach the word in season, and when you preach it out of season, that, that's what's going to save the word. And I'm glad you understand that because it's the word, it's the word that we preach that's going to save this world. Faith comes by hearing, and hearing comes by the word of God. Singing is good, but that ain't what's going to save us. Oh yeah, teaching is good, eh? What's going to save us? But it's the preached word that gives us faith. He said, preach the word. He said, be quick. Be alert with it. And he said, once you have preached the word, he said, because God is going to judge this world. 
He's going to judge it in his appearance when he come back in his kingdom. He said, preach the word, be instant in season and out of season. And he said, one thing that you need to do when you preach the word. He said, the word is going to cut like a two-edged sword. I want you to understand, Timothy, that when you preach the word, everybody's not going to appreciate it. Everybody's not going to want to hear it. But you can't help folk unless you help, unless you tell them things that's going to help them. There's going to be some folk in here. We're going to get into them itching heels in a minute. But he said, preach the word. He said, reprove. That means convince them. When you preach the word, you got to convince them that God loves you. You see, when someone convinces you that God loves you, you lose all fear of intimidation. All fear of things that's going to happen to you in the world. When my son was a little boy, I went to pick him up from school one day. And he got up in the teacher's class when I got up there and he jumped around the teacher's desk and went around and sit behind the teacher's desk and he was just talking and the lady said, we don't never act like that. He, he been sitting back there afraid all day. I said, well, his daddy is here and he has no fear. I just stopped by here to let you know that my daddy is here and I have no fear. Preach the word. He say reprove, in other words, convince them that God loves them. God loves you. I don't care what you've been through. I don't care who hates you. I don't care who don't like you. God loves you and you need to know that God loves you and you need to have the confidence to understand. See, when you know God loves you, you have confidence to believe that he's going to bless you. When God loves you, you can go out and become things that you would never become in your whole life. You don't have to play, play tennis to hear the word love when God loves you because you realize that God loves you and God loves you. It gives you confidence. It gives you umption. It gives you power. And it's a rebuke. Folk in the church don't like to be rebuked. He say, rebuke them. The rebuke means to put them back in line. Let them know. And see, this is the problem in the world. Now, this is just not for the people who are preaching. But this is for the people who are in the world. This is for the members in our congregation. The reason that we're having so many problems, so many blind folk with mental illness, so many problems that are out there, 600 and some shootings in Chicago before November the 1st. But the reason it is out there is that there's too many people out there that never been told that somebody loves them. It's too many people out there that's never rebuked them, never convinced them. It's too many people. And see, that's what, that's what Paul was telling Timothy. Timothy, you need, to put this, you need to put this responsibility also on the congregation. We need to go out there and tell people what's right. But we need to tell them in a way in love. We need to let them know that we love you. When the last time have you encouraged somebody? When the last time have you rebuked somebody with love and then convinced them that they were somebody? A couple of years ago, well, it's only a couple of years ago, maybe 15 by now, my family had given up on my brother. It took my mother's death because she was his biggest enabler. You heard him give his testimony here. He was strung out on drugs. He had sold everything in my mother's house, writing checks all on my mother. I drove all the way to Alabama to get him to put him in rehab. She said, no, I need him here with me. I said, but he ain't doing nothing but step from. She said, I don't care. Leave him. 
I drove back to Chicago without him. But when she died, I said, all right, you got to straighten up and fly right now. All that money you messed up with your business, I'm not going to give it to you. I'm going to tell you what's right because I love you. I'm going to rebuke you and I'm going to encourage you. I'm going to bring you to Chicago and I'm going to put you out of the wayside. But I want you to understand when you go out there, you're going to find a man and you're going to love that man. You're going to find somebody out of the wayside and you're going to love him. And he's going to love you. Every time I went and picked him up, he said, I'm still looking for that man. One day he came to me, he said, I'm doing all right, but I still ain't falling, I found that man. I said, that man is you when you find yourself. You, 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 you see, you have to encourage, I get a call from him every day to, to thank me for, for, for rebuking him and, and, and reproving him and encouraging him to go on with his life because God wants him to be somebody. All the young men, all the young men that we see now, when I go around the community that come to our mentoring thing, when I see them, I stopped by a restaurant the other day. I saw a young man. He came up to and hugged me and told me what the mentoring program meant to him. I just want you to know it's time for us to stop playing church. It's time for us to encourage some of these folks. It's time for us to rebuke them and tell them what's right. Time for us coming to church. I can't find nobody that don't know the Lord. Where you been looking at? We had 600 murders in Chicago, and most of those people that kill those folks have never been in a family or never heard anybody say they love them. We visit some of the most hardcore prisons in the state of Illinois, and the biggest problem with the men there, they say they never had a man to, to, to mentor them, to let them know that God loves you. I can talk to a man five minutes, and I can let you know whether he's been mentored or not, whether another man... I know women, you, you all right, but I just want you to know a woman cannot raise a man to be a man. Oh, I know. I may get some calls on that every time I say that. I can't raise my daughter to be a woman. When she called me by some questions, I said, get this phone to your mama. I ain't got time. All that stuff you talking about. All but when Jarius calls, another story. I hope you hear me now. That's why you need to bring them to church. That's why he said, he say, he say, Timothy, preach so we can encourage some folk, so we can rebuke some folk. And then he said, exhort. We're going to lift them up. He said, first, we're going to lift up Jesus. Under no other name shall anybody be saved other than the name of Jesus. But we're going to lift up some of these folks in the community. We're going to tell them that they were created in God's image and they can be some. I don't care how bad they've messed up. I don't care how many times they've, I have never... And we mentored a lot of folk out here in this community, but I have never met a bad seed that we couldn't correct if they had come up in the right environment. So we got to exhort them. We got to lift them up. We got to encourage them. That's what the church has got to do. That's where we have fallen down. That's where we have let down the world. When the last time have you lifted up somebody? When the last time have you told somebody that they can be something? And it's saying all long suffering and doctrine. In other words, we got to learn, man. We got to learn to put up, have some patience. Put up with difficult folk. Oh, I have to put up with difficult folk all the time. I got more folk to tell me how to pastor a church that ain't never pastor nothing in their whole life. <laughs> but I listen to them every day. 
But, but, but what I'm telling you, we got to put up with all the long-suffering and all the stuff that go on, and well, basically we got to be long-suffering. But we got to keep the doctrine. Don't, don't, don't compromise the doctrine, Timothy. He said, he say, be patient. But he said, be doctrine sound in everything that you do and everything that you say. He said, and then he said, for there will come a time when they would not endure sound doctrine. He said, oh yeah, <laughs> there's gonna come a time. <laughs> and I'm telling you, we living in that time now. <laughs> there's gonna come a time when folks will hear the things that's true and say it's fake news. Y'all know I'm right. There'll come a time when you can state the truth to somebody and they'll turn it around. They don't wanna hear the truth. And I just want you to understand. We heard another sermon while I was down there on friendship. And I told my wife, I see now the biggest problem. Well, I may not have a lot of friends because I tell folks the truth. <laughs> and I'm going to tell you something. If you got a friend, y'all pull up a little closer here to just a five-side chat. If you got a friend and you tell them the truth and they get mad with you and leave, they were never your friend no way. There's too many folk that can't handle the truth. Too many folk that can't handle the truth. Can you handle it? So you have to be able to handle the truth before anybody else can handle it. But there's too many people. And, and, and this is the thing that, that, that Paul is telling Timothy. These folk that don't want to endure sound doctrine, I'm going to tell you what they're going to do to satisfy their own self. He said, he say, they will not endure sound doctrine, but after their own lust, they shall heap up teachers, having teachers with this and the other. He said, listen, Timothy, they're not going to endure sound doctrine. They're not going to endure your teaching. They don't want to come to hear you teach because what they want to do, they, they want to they get, get them up some teachers. Somebody will teach them what they want to hear. Let them say what they want to hear and brag on them. And when they brag on them, they'll be so happy. They'll, they'll, they'll be a big lieutenant in Hitler's army, and they'll think they somebody. Tell them what they want to hear. I just want you to know this morning, if you got a friend that only tells you what you want to hear, you don't have a friend. That's what I love about my wife. She don't always tell me what I want to hear. <laughs> she got this word. She said, oh, you just get mad because I'm calling you on the carpet. I don't know what carpet she called it. <laughs> but I'm going to tell you, if you're married to somebody and they tell you the truth and you can't handle it, that's not a help me. God say, I'm going to give you somebody that's going to help your fool self. I'm going to give you somebody that's going to tell you what you don't want to hear that's going to make you better. But too many of us, oh, I got this. I don't need to hear that. I got this degree. I got that degree. But you ain't got the degree in behavior. But they will make up their own teachers. They would only come to hear teachers that are going to tell them what they want to hear. They don't want nobody that's going to tell them the truth. They don't want nobody that's going to rebuke them. They don't want nobody to convince them. They don't want that kind of teacher. And then they say, and they shall turn away their ears from the truth. 
Or they're going to turn away from the truth. They don't want to hear the truth. They're going to hold up their hands to the truth. They don't want all you to have seen that you're trying to tell them the truth. They're going to turn up their hands to it. I want to hear it. You know the dangerous thing about people. And this is a thing that's borderline schizophrenia and other mental illness is that they create their own truth. You understand? And any time you, you have to learn how to talk to people that's going through that because sometimes you have to placate enough in their truth in order to get to their mind and counsel with them. I've counseled enough of them to know that. But you don't go too far in their truth until you lose your truth. But see, that's what happened to so many people. So many people, especially people that's suffering with mental illness, and, and there are a lot of people that's walking around here. There are a lot of us that like to create our own truth. Create our own truth. Oh, am not right. Create our own truth. And they shall turn away from the truth, and they shall turn unto lies. That's the bad part about them. They're going to turn away from the truth, but they're going to turn to lies. They're going to lie to themselves. And you know what? If you tell a lie long enough, you're going to believe it. Am I right about it? Oh, you know it because you done told that lie long enough and you're going to believe it. <laughs> Keep on lying. And see, and this is what it says. But it says, and, and then it, it says they, they, they're going to turn away from the truth. And they're going to turn to lies. And then it says, but watch thou in all things endure affliction. You're going to have to endure affliction because if you love God, you're going to suffer persecution. But out of the persecution of the church, that's when the church grew to be the magnificent church that it is today. Out of the persecution of your life, out of the sharpness, out of iron, sharp and iron, out of you becoming who God called you to be. That's what God wants us to be. But out of all of that, you became the person that you are today. It says, do the work of an evangelist. He said, in spite of all this stuff that you're going to do, Timothy, in spite of all this stuff that you're going to do at People's Community Church, he said, out of all the trials and all the tribulations and all the people that's turning away from you, Shannon, all the people that's saying things that's against you, all the people that may try to hurt your church, he said, keep on doing the work of the evangelist. Keep on spreading the word of God. Keep on giving the good news. Don't have time for the manners. Don't major in manners. Keep on being an evangelist. Keep on doing the work. That I put you there to do. Every time you stand up there in the pulpit, preach the word of God. Preach that Jesus is the Christ and God raised him from the dead. And whosoever come, whosoever will, if you call on the name of Jesus, you can be saved. Do the work of evangelists. And then it says, full proof of that ministry. Every one of you got a ministry. But there's too many of us. If someone would line up with your ministry, they would be lost. Every one of us have ministries, but we're not doing anything with it. We don't show up. We don't come out to learn the things that we should learn. It's a sad thing, so Paul is telling Timothy, Timothy, don't be slack. Don't be negligent. Continue to do the work, your full work of your own ministry. And then he said, do the full work of ministry. That's what we need to do. The church needs to do the full work of ministry. When we encourage these people and ask them to come to church and rebuke them and reprove them, we need to continue to do the work of evangelists. We need to do the full work of ministry, carry out the ministry the way it should be carried out. 
when the devil forces you to and attack you, we need to have a counterattack for the devil. We need to look at life in a way that when we look at so many people in life, so many people in the church. You know, when you're driving down the highway, every exit is not for you. Every exit is not a good exit. You may think it is, but it may not for you, may not be for you. Everything that you're up against, God is letting you know. The exit that you need to get off on is the exit that's going to be for your purpose, the exit that's going to be for your de destiny, the exit that you need to hear God's word on. Those are the exits that we need to get off on when you're coming down God's highway. You need to look at that. He said, preach the word. Evil is going to come. He said, don't waste time in the pulpit. I just want to read something to you before I go to my seat. I just want you to understand something. The reason that I can have joy, the reason I can look at all this shooting and all this stuff that's going on today, when you look at the security of the believer, when you look at Romans chapter 8, verse 35, down through verse 39, and it says, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? Now I say a sword right there, but you can put rifle. Yeah. Yeah. As it is written, for thy sake, we are killed all the day long. We are accounted as sheep for the slaughter. And then I'm going to go on down to verse 38, for it says, for I am persuaded that neither death nor life, nor angels or principalities, nor power, nor things present or things to come, nor height, nor depth, or any other creation shall separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus. That's the security of the believer. There's no trouble. Trouble is a tight place. There's no trouble in this world. There's nothing in this life. There's nothing in death. There's no angels. There's no, there's no stars in the sky, whether they're high or low. There's no trouble. There's nothing around you that can ever separate you from the love of God. you got eternal security, so we don't have to have fear of man. We don't have to have fear of anything. We can continue to do what we're doing. We can continue to preach the word and live like we want to live. We are not going to allow these demons that stole guns and escape, escape from mental institutions to come and to steal the joy that we have in our church. We're going to continue to be the church that we should be. We're not going to let Satan rob us of what we ought to be doing. We're going to come together and be on our jobs. We're going to come together and do the work of evangelists. We're going to come together and preach the word. We're going to go out into the community and reprove and rebuke young folks to bring them into the church. Lift them up. He say lift them up. He say if I be lifted up God say, if I be lifted up, he just didn't say lift me up in Wheaton and Glen Ellen, but he said, if I be lifted up in Inglewood, if I be lifted up on the south side, wherever you lift me up at, I'm going to draw all people under me. He said, will you lift me up? God has given us the answer. What are you doing with God's answer? It's time for us to stop complaining. It's time for us to stop criticizing. It's time for us to become the people of God that what God has called us to be.